Hello, and welcome to the All Things Hadoop podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, founder and principal consultant of Big Data Open Source Security, LLC. This is episode 15, a talk with Stefan Goshup. And now, onto the show. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Stefan Goshup. Stefan is the CEO of Datamere. Welcome, Stefan. Thank you. Hello. So, Stefan, how did you first get into Hadoop? Oh, that's almost 10 years ago now. Um, so I was very active uh, in general in the open source community. I worked on a whole bunch of projects um, all over the place, mostly though um, text analytics stuff. Um, and then my second biggest focus was kind of um, infrastructure. Uh, in particular, I worked uh, pretty actively in the JBoss community. Um, and... Um, being active back then on um, SourceForge, I um, stumbled over a post uh, and it was uh, basically docketing, having this idea. Um, obviously, I already did Lucene that I was uh, pretty familiar with given my text analytics um, activities there. And I was fascinated. Uh, the idea was to build an open source search engine that, um, you know, had a very transparent way how it ranked results compared to the Googles, the Yahoo's of the world. Um, because, you know, the idea was that there's maybe a, the concern could be that uh, organizations control information access, right? So who is really uh, defining what the first few hits are? And, um, I mean, yeah, it was almost a little bit political from Doc to, to, to start the whole thing, and that's how kind of he posted the whole thing. And, um, yeah, it was a very small community back then, uh, just a few guys, and I started actively contributing um, to the project. And um, one of the more bigger things I contributed to Nudge was the plugin system that converted Nudge into kind of more of a platform. And this is where, you know, if you ask me, it really took off because people not just could build, you know, quote unquote, a search engine, but they actually started building companies on that. We saw, you know, like a wine search engine built on this. We saw um, travel search engines built on this. We saw Krugel, for example, a code search engine built on this. And as there was more and more companies that used kind of the framework to aggregate data, process data, you know, we hit certain scalability problems. Um, the sequential data access that we, we already had that in, in Nudge, like the uh, writables, right? Um, that good stuff is, is all the way back from the very early days in Nudge. But I remember actually, um, and it must be 2004 maybe, maybe 2005, not sure. Um, Doc Cutting came to a conference in Berlin. It was the Wizard of Open Source conference. And uh, my buddy Frank and me met up with him uh, at the conference, had a few drinks, and, and Doc pulled out this paper and said, look, Google published this paper. Um, this could be really cool to make Nudge really scalable. And that's kind of how it all started, right? Obviously, then um, time went on. A few more people got involved. Um, the HDFS in MapReduce was built. Eventually, it was um, spin off into a separated project. And by the way, one of the, the fun facts is um, I, I helped to uh, contribute and, and do the Nudge logo. And um, I think maybe Doug liked it that much that then he reached out and said, hey, why don't you do the Hadoop logo as well? Here's a, here's a picture of the elephant. Why don't you come up with something? 
um, yeah, that's how I got started. So that's um, yeah, 2003, I guess, 10 years ago. Awesome. Uh, so what made you start Datamir and uh, where are yeah. you guys now? Yeah, so I, I had a company um, since 97. And again, we first did kind of the, the text classification and clustering thing. And then Nacho, of course, was awesome because you could aggregate unlimited amount of texts and, and, and do a bunch of stuff and, you know, cluster Wikipedia. And that was very, very exciting. And um, as, I, as I mentioned, um, with the plugin system, um, you know, people, people reached out to me and say, said like, hey, so we're we doing this and that. And can, can you guys work for us? So over time, we actually dumped our text classification products that we had as a very small technology company, you know, a handful of people, um, you know, all propeller head guys. Um, and we more and more worked on kind of the data processing infrastructure. And, and again, kind of the JBoss experience certainly came handy, like the whole idea of, you know, a very thin platform and then having, you know, an inceptor framework and inversion of control and all the good stuff that... Um, we as a company and as a team on there helped us to build then first notch and then more and more Hadoop-based platforms. And we built platforms for um, yeah, a startup in Cupertino that are more known, I guess, for their phones now. We work platforms for very big telcos. Um, and then I, I think the last project we did was EMI Music, where we predicted what will be the next music star based on social signals as well as iTunes sales. And we always did the same thing, right? We, we had Hadoop. Um, we had to get in data from a set of diverse data sources. Then we applied some sort of analytics. Um, in the beginning, we hard-coded everything, right? We wrote MapReduced, and we realized, holy moly, the business users constantly want to have something else. Then we tried things like Pick. That didn't work too well. We tried things like Hive. Eventually wrote our own scripting language um, on top of cascading with some Ruby stuff. Um, but we realized, again, whatever we do, it's always a pain for the business users to change something. Um, and of course, you know, they always want to see it visually, what's the result. So in 2009, we decided, okay, now we did this like almost 10 times for 10 different companies. And it's always the same thing. It's getting really old. We're making good money, but it's getting old. Um, so why don't we do this as a product, right? And we experimented with all sorts of user interfaces in the beginning where, you know, we first had boxes and people draw a line to kind of define what the MapReduce pipeline looks like. But we realized, you know, people always came back and said, oh, I did it in Excel. This is what I want. Can, can you do this? Um, so that's where we, where we realized, oh, okay, maybe a spreadsheet user interface would be a nice way to empower business users to really get access to the data that's in Hadoop. And that's how we get started um, in 2009, really doing it so many times that you, you know, as a good software engineer, say, hey, I can do it once and then um, I can reapply it many times. Yeah, awesome. I remember when you uh, like gave a talk at a meetup back then and uh, it was just a really good kind of groundbreaking way to think and look at data from the spreadsheet, but across, you know, just any data set size that you have. So where are, where, you know, where are you guys now after, um, you know, four years and such, uh, you know, where are the products gone to and, and, and what's going on? Yeah. Um, the, the product is, um, it's just a lot of fun, um, to work on the product and, uh, it's even more fun to see what people are doing with this. Right. So, um, 
we have this um, connector framework where we have now 55 connectors and it's and it's really cool. We not just support like every database under the sun or file systems. We are Kabam, for example, is pulling in for more than 2,000 servers log files every 15 minutes with SCP. Um, we have mainframe connectors. We are, you know, big insurances pulling in data from like their 30 years old mainframe systems. But, you know, what's really fun is kind of the, all the, the long tail of the connectors, the um, New York Times connector we have, the GitHub connector we have, the AWS connector we have, the Jira connector we have, and then really seeing what people are doing. And, um, one thing that really blow our mind is when um, this uh, this guy Sky Christofferson um, contacted us and said, "Hey, so I want to do something with um, um, self-quantified data, um, quantified self-data, um, and I'm, I'm training the sports team. And can you guys help me doing something?" And, and we helped and. Um, as it turns out, in a couple, three conversations later, he is one of the coaches of the Olympic bicycling team, right? And um, so we, we intensively worked with him together um, moving forward. And um, they actually really used Datamir to completely change their trainings program. And they found a bunch of stuff uh, that helped them to optimize. And when they went into the Olympics, they had, or when they qualified, they had almost a five-second difference to, you know, what was considered um, like getting into anywhere in the top trees um, and um, based on insights they got from our product that changed their nutrition, changed their sleeping pattern, changed their light exposure pattern, changed kind of their trainings volume and schedule, they actually won a silver medal and um, um, Sky Christofferson gave a really awesome talk. So this is kind of what really fascinates us because we strongly believe as a company that um, we can find insights in data that really fundamentally not just change businesses, but science and humanity in general. And it's it's just really great to see now that we have more and more healthcare companies using our product to improve healthcare, um, or again, like an Olympic team or um, researchers at the Leibniz Institute to, to really look at DNA anomalies. Uh, this is really what fascinates us. But yeah, I mean, the product's doing good. We deployed in four of the five biggest banks and like three of the three biggest credit card companies, um, you know, and uh, the biggest search engine companies in the world. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun to see what people are doing with the product. Cool, cool, cool. So what's up with the uh, app marketplace? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, the way we think about Datamir is almost kind of like a data operation system, right? So we have I.O., that's our connectors. We have storage and compute. It's kind of, quote, unquote, the spreadsheet you use to define this. And then we have the user interface, the, 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 our visualization, our infographics. And we really wanted to um, allow folks to build stuff on top of this. And our app store is, um, you know, it has two sides. First of all, it allows... Um, kind of the um, data analysts that are out in the world that are subject matter experts in something specific to build something and then create a revenue stream from them. Because the reality today, if you, let's say, a social media analytics expert, you do consulting gigs for every customer, but you can only do one at any given time, right? And what you can now do is you, you download our trial or maybe even get the, the cheap personal version and you build your analytics and you create and, and, and basically just package what you build it um, there into an app and push it into our app market and sell it to a lot of companies um, 
where um, I think there's, again, great opportunity there for uh, analysts and, and data scientists, quote-unquote, to have a nice revenue stream in addition. The cool side, of course, for day-to-day uh, -day data uh, data users is that those apps now help you to very quickly um, get started with something, right? You can go there and you can download, for example, the Jira Analytics app we have to, for, for your IT organization. And you can download the um, GitHub Analytics app. And all those apps, you, the way to think about this is like templates. You can like join and mesh them together. So um, actually, we internally did this where we took Jira and we took GitHub and we even took... Um, um, test log files and AWS uh, payment data and we put it all together and just for fun in one of our geek outs, what's kind of our, you know, 20% kind of thing. Um, it, we we uh, identified, you know, when someone breaks a test, how much do we actually pay um, all the way on AWS to run our integration tests against there. So again, there's a really cool stuff you can do by just meshing those apps together and getting very quick uh, insights. Awesome. So what are some of the use cases that you're seeing in the market now and how has that been changing uh, you know, from recent years and what does data do, what does Datamir do to help with them? Yeah. So in general, we're observing a classical technology adoption cycle, you know, the, the Gartner hype cycle or the crossing the chasm, however you want to describe that, right? Where in the beginning we had a lot of very technical people that saw the opportunity and you know, they coded something, they duct taped something together. And, um, you know, we, we still see quite a lot of companies kind of trying to build something on top of Hadoop with like Scoop and Hive and what have you. But they're really running into issues because it's now really getting to kind of a more mature place where security plays an important role, where monitoring and in, in general, moving something into production. And if you if you're honest, uh, if we're honest, and again, I'm a, I'm a big open source advocate um, the last 20 years and very active there. But if we're honest, some of these tools um, lacking there, right? And this is maybe related to kind of the diverse Hadoop community we now have. Uh, there's a few people, you know, working in that direction, another few in that direction. Um, basically, the open standards are HDFS, uh, MapReduce, and hopefully Yarn. But beyond that, you know, everybody is kind of cooking his own thing. So we're seeing more and more kind of the requirement to move things into production. And the use cases then that we see from, you know, the early experimental, we want to try to analyze some log files kind of things, are um, getting really into business use cases. So one of the most common ones is funnel optimization. So, for example, every company has Google Ads, every company has a website, every company has some marketing automation or email campaign thing, and then they have some sort of customer relationship management tool. And all of those tools, you know, might be Google Ads, might be Marketo or Google Analytics, might be um, a Salesforce involved. All of those tools kind of have analytics, but they only tell you what happens within those areas, right? So you have basically four data silos. Bringing them together is a big challenge in then understanding how is a customer moving or potential customer moving to all the interaction points? Where do we lose in customer because there's maybe a you know, negative user experience? That are questions that um, a product like Datamere is super easy to, to, to answer with because we have those connectors and it's, we, we even have some apps and you really quickly see these insights. And for example, we had this one software company that spent a million dollars on ads and then as they put stuff together on Datamere, they realized, oh, 
$600,000 of those um, ads we're spending on Google are creating a lot of traffic, but they don't converting into sales. And they could never see that before because, you know, you only get the insights uh, there. And then they moved, um, they continued to work there. They realized, oh, we have different kind of users, right? So we have the more technical users that want to see completely different content than kind of more the families um, that, you know, want to see more product awards and videos. And so on and so on. So they very quickly um, got a much better understanding of their overall customer engagement and customer behavior. And based on those insights, they within six months managed to double their customer acquisition funnel conversion um, and made $20 million more, right? And that's, that's really amazing. So that's kind of common what we see, customer segmentation, customer behavior analytics, customer um, of sales funnel optimization. I mean, we're very strongly used in financial services where we help to identify $2 billion in fraud. We help to identify a rogue trader in a, um, in a trading company. Um, we help to understand, um, not want to get too technical here into financial services, but behavior in a, in a black a pool in a dark pool, um, what happened there, you know, analyzing high frequency traders that, you know, might not do what they should do. Those kind of use cases we see quite commonly. Cool. So how do you feel about all the different uh, Hadoop distributions that have popped up in the market, both from a software perspective and, you know, hardware vendors uh, distributing uh, uh, the Hadoop um, uh, code? Yeah, I mean, to be expected, right? As you maybe, and again, te technology history kind of repeats itself. So if you think back into the G2E world, we had JBoss, we had WebLogic, we had WebSphere, what have you. Um, and uh, if, if there's a technology successful, there will be multiple companies working on this. It's unfortunate that the companies yet um, didn't got together and kind of define, okay, this is our standard APIs. Um, it kind of happens in the Apache community, and that's a good thing. Um, but then, you know, there's a lot of fight who is really controlling that Apache community. Obviously, it got a little political, as we all know there. My Hadoop is bigger than yours, if you guys remember that. But um, I think it's a very healthy thing. As more um, competition we have, as more innovation we will get, and as um, consumers and, co and companies that want to, you know, get maybe commercial Hadoop distributions, we um, have, you know, also better pricing opportunities there. I think where I have a little bit concerned is really getting aligned on technology and where we're moving forward, in which direction. I saw uh, some of those Hadoop distributions recently trying to, you know, set up for exit or trying to create more, quote-unquote, intellectual property that they can sell. Um, and not so much moving Hadoop itself forward. And then, you know, there's a bunch of people that um, want to duct tape something on top of Hadoop that makes it look more like an MPP database. Um, I'm a little concerned about this, right? Hadoop is sequential. SQL doesn't work on Hadoop. Um, everybody thinks so, and it takes everybody every time two years to figure it out. It's very painful for a lot of people, and it's kind of annoying that there's so much push in the market. But in general, I think the, um, the diversity is very positive for the overall market. Yeah, totally. So how do you feel about the disparate and different tools and databases right now that are, uh, that are around the big data open source space and what CIOs and CTOs should be doing to you know, kind of figure that out? Yeah, I mean, the, it's really hard right now, right? So um, there's so much noise in the market. I mean, every 
everything has a Hadoop stick on it. It's it's quite amazing. Um, every everything works with Hadoop, and if you say big data often enough, your in-memory database is now big data as well. Um, in connects to Hadoop. It, it, you know, I think that. Um, my recommendation for a lot of big companies is stop reading white papers, especially also stop reading some of the analyst white papers because there's a lot of analysts that really have no idea. Um, and certainly there are that have an idea, right? So it's just hard to, to separate. Um, but um, um, I, I think, you know, the funny thing today is it's so cheap to try something out. Um, if Even if you're a big company, I recommend to actually, you know, take your – $100,000 budget and divide it by three and have three teams trying to put something together. Of course, you know, your teams might be dif differently strong based on your, um, your engineers you have in those, but, you know, try things out. One thing that I th see people wasting a lot of um, money and time on is over-analyzing and um, we see folks, for example, spending six months on trying to compare Hadoop distributions. It doesn't matter. And in fact, they spent like a half million dollars on human capital um, in, in you know, a half year of time on evaluating the Hadoop distributions. And then, you know, maybe trying Hive versus Pick versus Cascading. Amazing people spend so much more evaluating Cascading, um, uh, Cassandra, HBase, CouchDB, what have you, they scale, right? If you get it successful in just a couple nodes, you will get it successful on 100 nodes as well. And, you know, we kind of need a more pragmatic approach here. What people need to realize is that we had a dramatic shift in the last decade. And the shift is that we now pay significant more on human capital than on hardware. And it used to be the opposite, right? So we still have kind of the mantra, okay, we need to over-evaluate and over-optimize things. But the reality is today is like, hey, your Hadoop cluster or your Hadoop distribution is 10% slower. Boy, you pay $5,000 to make it 20% faster, right? So, but um, having someone working eight weeks to try to, you know, optimize the, I don't know, Buffy, buffer copy something and somewhere, it's just not making sense anymore. Totally. So where do you see big data going in the next few years? Yeah, I mean, as we have the, have the traditional technology adoption cycle, I think we will see um, things moving from, you know, where we started low-level infrastructure, where, you know, again, I started, had a lot of time to write low-level arrayless and writables for Hadoop. Um, you know, that mattered significantly for me 10 years ago. Um, we're going into more and more kind of the business use cases on top, right? So if the technology can't really provide value for businesses, it will disappear. And we need to be careful of that. What we will see is that people will build applications on top of Hadoop and see this as enabler. And I'm really excited about this. I mean, the opportunity we have in healthcare to look at, at stuff is, is great, right? So I, I want to see I want to see folks combining um, Safeways buying card with your pulse uh, in, in your healthcare company, and you know, I mean, sure, anonymized and generally, and maybe we already know if we buy more vegetables, um, we will health, uh, live healthier. But I think there's really great opportunities to build stuff for healthcare, you know, for the airline industry to optimize. 
uh, full usage and, and scheduling optimization for, for cruise, cruise there. We see Workday doing cool stuff in HR um, with big data. And I think that's what we will see. I mean, um, um, the technology will play less, less a role and then there's really cool stuff we can do on top of that. To really not just benefit a few companies to make more money, but really have a broad impact in the society. And I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about today? Um, no, just uh, check it out. I mean, try out DataMill, try out Hadoop, and find a good cause where you can, um, you know, bring your knowledge and data uh, to action and uh, and help to bring us forward. Oh, thank you, Stefan, for your time. Thank you for having me.